that you do not deserve. It's if you're listening, one person's mission to force your friend to listen to all the music he avoided in high school. This is Ramsey. Hey, Ramsey, it's Heather. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Not bad. I started us off with a Sherlock Holmes quote this time for no reason at all. Oh, I'm going to be honest. I don't even think I was listening. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> That's so rude. I'm sorry. Uh, I suppose oh. I appreciate your honesty. I wasn't uh, going to lie about it. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, it would have been easier just to say, oh, that was nice. And then listen to it later. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm nothing if not uh, brutally honest. <laughs> I suppose that's true. Also, to be fair, I was rereading our notes of how I'm going to introduce our guest. <laughs> so so why don't I just jump into that before I bungle this even more? What an excellent segue. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. Um, so yeah, today we have writer Ian Cohen with us. You can find his writing on Pitchfork and The Ringer. Uh, you can also find him co-hosting his weekly podcast, IndieCast. Uh, welcome, Ian. What's up? How are you? I'm doing great. Um, I, I, I'm glad that like we are picking an album today whose song title or album title and its length are about as long as that emo list that you guys... Uh, had uh, discussed on a previous episode yeah. so <laughs> yeah no don't don't worry i'm not i'm not i'm not calling it. I, that thing was long as hell i'm not gonna front but uh no I'm well, yeah, there to was no way we could do all of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah what did we do top 10 i think we did top 10 i don't even remember that sounds yeah. right yeah, I think I think the intro for that one really did take like 15 minutes to read. So you know what <laughs> uh, the fact that someone was out there was actually willing to you know to read it Awesome. At that point, I'm like, man, I hope I get on that episode. Not to relitigate that whole list, but like, I just, <laughs> I just, I just like, which by the way, that, ha- that happened this year. Like I have a lot oh, of, God. yeah, that, that thing I had been working on. It feels on like it two since, years ago. <laughs> I've been working, <laughs> I have been working on it since, uh, quite literally like early 2019. Um, wow. yeah, that's, that's, that's when it has its roots. And by the time it was, it took about like a year to get it all organized and quite, it was, I think it ran on Valentine's day of 2020. That is, I think my mile marker for just how long this year has been. Yeah, that was one of the yeah. last episodes Heather and I recorded face to face, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it def it definitely was. Goodness um, gracious! Well, it's oh, quite an achievement, Ian. Although, and since then, we've now had two contribute. This Ian, you're now the second person who worked on the ah. article to be on the podcast because since Sick. then we've also had David on. Oh, neat! Gift that keeps mm-hmm. on giving. Yeah. At like, the you know. uh, end of this episode, we'll rank the top writers of that article. <laughs> <laughs> As long as I'm alive, oh. that's okay. <laughs> um, cool. Well, I don't think this band was featured on that list. So do you want to no. tell Ramsey what album we're doing today? All right. So they were they they, they were given brief consideration, but like okay. not not really. Um, <laughs> the name of this out al- is the 1975's second album. It was released in February 2016, and despite it being one of my favorite albums of, you know, the previous decade or the past five years, whatever time period you want to say, I still have to look up on Wikipedia to know what the title is. (laughs) (laughs) I I like it when you sleep comma for you are so beautiful yet. So unaware of it. And it's great that I've never actually had to write about this album because the style there's like stylization things as well. Like four is not capitalized yet. It's not that. 
I'm mad yeah. about that. If I'm being honest, I'm very mad about the capitalization situation in this title. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if that's like standard or whether they like intentionally put yet and four in lowercase, like whether that was like <laughs> one of the many pretensions that this album bears. Um, but yeah, it's it, when I, when I think about something that, um, I don't know, like in recent times that makes for like a great conversation piece. Like there are plenty of albums that I, you know, Heather, as you know, that I considered uh, <laughs> talking about for this one. Like I yeah. switched it up maybe like every couple of days. But <laughs> um, when, uh, when, when, when I think about like the ones where, you know, particularly with the aforementioned David Anthony, where I find myself <laughs> like having to get into really divisive conversations, like the 1975 is that, that is also with my co-host, Stephen Hyden of IndieCast, like he's, kind of uh, not fully on board with this band. So uh, hmm. I felt like this one just, it's it's a great conversation piece. Uh, and just, there, there's just so much to this record and like so many things that this band does that are on the verge of like, just being comp- like every single song they do has a, at least 20 to 30% chance of going disastrously and yet they pull it off like most of the time. And I think yeah. this is their this is their album where they take the biggest risks and like fall the on their face sometimes. But it's it to me, it's just like a fascinating piece of um music that calls back in like despite me being like 40, it it and this band's fan base being much younger, it calls back to like, you know, melancholy and the infinite sadness and all hmm. those CDs I'd buy on like double C D. Um you know, like back when I bought like 10 albums a year. So <laughs> right. Can't, I, yeah. So I have, I have many questions about this band. So nice. I, I have also had conversations about this band with um, David and I, <laughs> I think I, so I don't know a ton about this band. I liked their, I think it's the first album. I think it's the one before this, uh, the, the one, one with the black the- cover. Yes. Yes. I liked that album and then I never listened to anything after that. And just from, from an outside perspective, I was like, that band is being real pretentious right now. And it is a mm-hmm. lot for me, <laughs> but the, but even, which like, whatever, I don't even care about that. But beyond that, I think the, a thing that's always confused me about this band is that I, I feel like they're just a pop rock band, which I have no issue with, but that they get this like, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of how to phrase it. Like they get put on like a different pedestal mm-hmm. than like bands that I feel like they're, they're similar to. Well, and I'm not sure. Similar to? <sighs> okay. This is, I'm, I'm now going to struggle with this. I feel like they're like, uh, I, I don't get mad, but I feel like, and like an Imagine Dragons, like eat like those mm. types of bands. But I feel like, um, I don't know a ton of those bands, so this is like that's not the <laughs> best frame of reference. That might be the only one I can name, but like that mm. type of just like radio friendly, like pop rock band. But I feel like the 1975 is like held in higher regard. That's the that's the phrase I wanted. Mm. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure, and that's not shade. I'm just like I don't understand what the difference is. I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that at all. That's, that's that's a weird thing that I've just formulated in my head and never spoken about before. Well, well that's that's quite fair. And this is a band that um, I followed since 2011, mm-hmm. I would say. Like, they've gone by different – like, the first song I'd heard from them was Sex, which was on that yep. first record. And uh, I think it's pretty easy to see why uh, I like that song. It sounds like – Sounds uh, incredible, yeah. 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 And it's Their a real title's got my attention. 
And, All the uh, teens are listening now. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that's kind of like, in a way, that's sort of like their, you know, what, what Creep was to Radiohead, but they still mm-hmm. play that song live. It's a very important song, but um, it, it that's what drew me in. And, and, you know, if they came out of the gate sounding like the majority of, um, you know, the, that self-titled record in, in 2013, yeah. would I like them as much? I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think in, in a lot of ways they are, um, they, they maybe play a similar game to, you know, the killers or imagine dragons yeah. or something mm-hmm. like that. And I get like, yeah, they do kind of work with that, but I think that they do have pretensions or there's like an artistry to what they do. Um, mm-hmm. they, they like that, you know, like they're not like imagine dragons. Like you don't really hear them talking about like their influences or, um, it, it doesn't quite seem as, um, song doctored as imagine dragons like i okay. can't That's yeah fair. Like, i think maddie healy like he ha- like he's a great quote and he understands like how to talk to music writers in a way um mm-hmm. and, and but yeah i would imagine like i i think that they're kind of like a more artsier pop rock band um so like if you're thinking about like back to like the 90s or whatever like yeah i mean you know, maybe like more like some like the Smashing Pumpkins. I mean, it's like a poor comparison, but it's like a band that's like super popular, but also um, had like is a bit artsy. And and also like I have to point out that um, on their on on so a lot of times Maddie Healy makes like um, mixes on Spotify or just on the band's website. And I mean, he's putting like Deftones on there, like American okay. Football, hmm. uh, also like. It's the sort of like emo bands that like you would hear about like on Reddit backslash dot like Reddit backslash right. emo like Oliver Houston and like Japanese emo bands. So I mean, like I think he kind of is a, a music nerd to the degree where like Killers and uh, Imagine Dragons aren't. Um, and I think when you hear this record particularly, um, I think this kind of was the point where they where they elevated themselves above that conversation because you listen okay. to like the self-titled like that is straight up pop song pop song pop song pop song um with a <laughs> which few, i have no issue with <laughs> none at all it's a great i love that record too and you know i think that oh that album like in 2013 you would think okay they're a band similar to the neighborhood that's i think Mm. like um a band who i listened to one album of theirs because i had to review it but um (laughs) just just the sort of like the sort of bands that you hear about on like k-rock um who like the 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 few bands from the past five years they play in between like the billionth chili peppers and sublime (laughs) of the hour it's like you're what i got uh scar tissue and then you know the neighborhood or cage the elephant right. or something like that but um i was just also, gonna say maybe the fact that they're british like lends oh, this true yeah i forget that <laughs> <laughs> um uh, go ahead ramsey just i just want to make sure the name of the band is the 1975s correct no the 1975 no s, no s. Oh, no. oh so sorry <laughs> Uh, what is it's death from above? What 1979. year? Very. Oh close. my god. Okay. <laughs> yes. And just for our purposes, uh, it might make us 
it, we might want to just refer to this album as Iluisfa Aspa. Yeah, that's just, perfect. Just really shorten shortens it. it. Yep. Yeah, that that is the preferred nomenclature among fans. <laughs> or as I like to call it, the, the second out, the pink one, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, Ramsey hasn't seen the cover yet, but so that's a great uh, segue. Um, show me that album art, please. I will. Let me text you that album art. Uh, here you go. Texted it to you. Now we wait uh, for it to arrive. <laughs> you said this was the second album from uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it's okay. it's worth it to look at uh, the first album as well. Yeah, because, I'll send um, you that one. Yeah, they use a very similar album theme for um, both covers. Is this a neon mm-hmm. light that I'm looking at? Okay. Yep. It is. Um, I, th- I like this cover. I like that the wire is exposed. I don't know why I like that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a warts and all sort of approach. From an interior design standpoint, this is easily your favorite 1975 album. Uh, so far, it's it's the top one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, here is the previous one for. Uh, sorry, it's yelling at me because the, the link is too large. Um, let me try again. Uh, da, 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 sorry. So, so far, when I think 1975 album covers, I think this one and Band on the Run. <laughs> I hate oh, you. I see. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, <laughs> Is this the like same photo with lights different in the room? Or, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, the, I, I I was given the impression from those first two that the, all their albums are going to like have that color scheme, or not that color scheme, but that design. But like by the third album, um, the one that came out in two thousand eighteen, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, br- a brief introduction to. Uh, uh, why, why don't I know that? They they basically changed it up by the third album. Got it. So, I see. But they pulled you know, a Franz Ferdinand. Exactly. But um, yeah. When you when you go, but like if you go to a 1975 uh, concert, like you'll see people with that box on their arm, um, and that's oh. referred to in the song "Give Yourself a Try" from their third album, talking about like a girl who had the box tattoo on her arm. And uh, one thing you'll. Uh, well, one thing that will come out as we talk about this album is that they like to reference their own songs a lot or their own iconography. Oh, so I think that also plays into why they're seen as having like a more artistic bent than uh, some of the okay. you know bands they might be seen as. Um. Well, with that, should we get into this long yes. ass album? <laughs> yes, we should. And you'll notice that the first song on the 1975's album uh-huh. is called the 1975, which sure is. Oh. <laughs> so the first song on their self-titled album, the 1975. Oh. So they began. Yes, it is. So uh, if you've got some time after this episode, you can go back and listen to 2013 and like, yeah, they, so this, so this is, the, they have a variation of this song on the first album yeah. and they, change it up a little bit on the third album where it's more like auto-tune and like Boney Bear-esque. Huh. Interesting. But on the on the on their most recent album, Notes on a Conditional Form, which is even longer than this one. It be- <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it, uh, it it begins with another song called the 19 19- like they always begin their album with a song called 1975, huh. but it's a but on the new one it's a five minute spoken word piece by Greta Thunberg about climate change. Oh Uh-oh. interesting. Yeah, so um yeah this this is like maybe the third most pretentious 1975 album. <laughs> that I mean, I don't hate like the self-referential thing, and like I mean, yeah. I think that I do get that. Like, I, I do 
to to your previous point, feel like bands that do that do get like a cult around themselves, like when they like yeah. lean into their own lore and iconography, uh-huh. which I do. I kind of like that personally. But. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there is like an Imagine Dragons, like you know, deep dive into them. Sure. I, yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right. So this is the first, like, the first proper song on the oh, album this, called "Love Me." This sounds like Prince. All yes, of a it does. Sure. So yeah, this is this is a song that kind of lays out, um, and also Maddie Healy is like really good and unique at playing like the role of like a rock star. Mm-hmm. Um, that we would understand from like the 90s but um, this song is basically about um, his drug use and that line right there I'm just with my friends online and we'd like to and they're like just talking about like be- they talk about being online a lot <laughs> fair huh. enough yeah so also I think that plays it also Maddie Healy no longer on Twitter uh, oh, really? he got himself into trouble a lot yeah what did, I, what did he do not really cancel worthy type things, but he just like so this another like in in addition to referencing their own music, they reference uh, a lot of other people's music as well. So you know the chorus obviously is you know the Isley Brothers, it's your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would what? also recommend watching the videos as well because um, that as a bit like. One thing that's interesting about like the 1975 compared to a lot of other bands is that I always have this expectation that musicians, that, like famous musicians, are like supposed to be short for some reason. Oh, like, interesting. You know, like Prince, D'Angelo. Like mm-hmm. I think musicians by and large are generally shorter than you'd expect. Everyone <laughs> in the 1975 is like kind of tall. That's it's, funny. Yeah, and they and they're all pretty good looking. Like you know, I know the I killer. Know that. I did they I did know they were all hot guys. <laughs> yeah, I remember the kill. Like I think Brandon Flowers saying maybe not overtly that he just tried to find three guys who were like much, much, much like not as good looking as himself, so he would stand out more. And that was like kind of the uh, way the killers were organized. But um, but their videos are like like. They're kind of like, uh, you, you know, Maddie Healy is frequently shirtless and they kind of have like a faux leather pants sort of thing. But um, they, they, they have this like kind of sex appeal that you don't really associate with like a lot of like rock bands that are favored, uh, you know, particularly amongst critics such as myself. Um, <laughs> in a way, they remind some people of like, say, NXS. Um, Interesting. If you, if you don't like the 1975, you might think they remind you of Bush and that uh, <laughs> Maddie Healy's just the new Gavin Rossdale, like this kind of himbo uh, type <laughs> dude. So. The very online nature of the band made me want to know, how young a crew is this? Uh, the, the members of the 1975 themselves? Yeah. Um, I would say, like, I actually don't know the answer to that. Like, late 20s, maybe, but he's... Okay. You know, Matty Healy's 31. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so he's 31 years old. Um, on that, like, I guess, millennial, born in 1989, yeah. is that... I think what um, works with this band as well is that they, they like, cross over on like uh, generations like they're very much like a millennial band but they have certain things that appeal to older people but Hmm. because they're online nature they like appeal to a younger audience as well and plus a lot of the band a lot of the bands that like um, you know Maddie signed to a dirty hit for example like uh, Biba Doobie she's one 
uh, Pale Waves, Japanese House. They're bands that appeal to like a much younger demographic. So they have their toe in that. Um, this song is called Uh. Or it's, it's Uh or Ugh. This song is about... Um, <laughs> Ugh with an exclamation point on yeah. Spotify, it says. Yeah. Yes. Oh, dear. Yeah. So basically, I say basically a lot. Um, there, but uh, this, song is, this song is about um, how he did too much coke and he can't get it up, basically. Uh, this is... Uh, <laughs> if you listen to the, the course... Really, to me. Yeah, the, this cor- <laughs> the course, if you listen to it, it, ta- it just talks about like how... Um, Oh, there's a lot of cocaine songs on this one or just drug songs and it, it's like a kind of a cheeky look at um, like self-deprecating but yeah you can listen to the chorus here <laughs> all right yeah and so I like that line like um, you know like when I said I liked it better without my money, I lied. Yeah. Um, he 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 really uh, interrogates his own um, tendencies towards like rock star cliches um, and his talking about himself in interviews and um, and also like you know how drugs and how his image as a sex symbol uh, affects people's perception of his music you know yeah i mean that is that is interesting i was i was going to ask like do you think uh, that it's genuine or that is there any element of that that's kind of a character do you think it's a little bit of both and, yeah that um, makes sense and i think his willingness to play that character yeah. makes them interesting to me because mm-hmm you think about the bands who have kind of similar platforms you, if you want to consider indie rock or whatever mm-hmm. like Tame Impala or like War on Drugs yep. or um, what, bands like that like they're not really rock stars I mean they yeah. are to a degree but they don't there's no, nothing controversial about them they don't really say too many things that are interesting um, yeah and, and I also do you do you think with other bands like that like I know like that Maddie has like he like his own personality and that he exists outside of the band but I feel like those other bands don't have as much of like that separate lead man but I'm also not super in that world so I could be totally yeah. wrong about that no, no. I think what um, a lot of the rock bands that have reached a level where they can maybe if not headline a night of Coachella in a previous yeah. time at least have like the higher echelon yep um they're kind of one, they're one man bands, but also more vibey. Yeah. Um, and so mm-hmm. they're just kind of studio dorks, even though like Kevin Parker <laughs> from Tame Paula has like been on like a lot of rap albums. He's still not a guy who you think about like, Oh yeah. I wonder what he's up to. So this song is <laughs> called, this song's change a heart. Um, this one is maybe more in the line of what you might expect from the first album. It's, okay. It sounds a bit like, um, hungry eyes, that song. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, <laughs> and so th- this song's great because um he he just kind of criticizes himself <laughs> just about like being a dick in a relationship um yeah it's it like does sound like hungry eyes i'm really hearing yeah. that sorry <laughs> yeah so um th- th- there's a great like the great line from like the first verse it's like like was it your breast from the start they played a part and it's um like talking about this girl that he like where he's just uh-huh. like kind of yeah you're hot that was more or less it 
Um, and yeah, this 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 song is just like a real like guy being like just like a total dick and owning it. Um, but it's also in the context of this kind of eighties power ballad. Um, yeah. Also in the video, Maddie Healy like plays it's like a, he plays a clown. It's like um, <laughs> it's almost like a, no, he's like a mime. Yeah, that's what he is. He's a mime and. Um, it's actually a really good video. He dances really well. Um, oh, I see it. I see it's still from it in the corner. I'm on Genius. Uh, yeah. It looks creepy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, I was not expecting this instrument to make an appearance. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what this is. Um, I'm also noticing as I'm scrolling through Genius on each of the songs that they have unique album art that's really cool. Like they yeah. all each song has its own unique album art that's the title in neon lights again in different settings which is actually really oh, wow. awesome yeah all right so, so i want you to listen to this line uh-huh. that's coming up right now okay That's good. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> the best That's line good. about taking a picture of your salad and putting it on the internet. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that uh, they just have a way of coming up with like those lines uh, that speak that, that speak to what it's like to like live online, but like they don't seem forced. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So, it's a more poetic, yeah, basic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, it's funny, too, though, that you said it, because I don't think I really knew that about them so much. And like I said, I I really liked the first album, and then I just didn't listen to anything else until uh, that one single that name drops Pine Grove. And I, to me, to me, that came out of nowhere because I didn't have all these reference points in between. I was like, what the fuck is this? This is so weird. But now listening to this, (laughs) it makes a little more sense. Yeah. Well, what did you think about, like, him mentioning that? Uh, the, 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 by the way, for the listeners, that's from their song "The Birthday Party" on their yeah. new album "Notes on a Conditional Form." But uh, yeah, that that's been a real point of contention uh, yeah. amongst people. Like, whether I mean, what did you think about it? I mean, what is the significance of Pine Grove? Sorry, so, oh god, oh, yeah, we haven't done Pine Grove on this show for the exact reasons you're talking about, Ian. That, um, would, be a, that would be a real daredevil move, right there. Uh, I know. Tell that to the people who keep requesting more brand new. Um, oh. so it's okay for the for the record, Ramsey. It's not that level. Um, but there okay. were there was like some controversy with them where they were temporarily canceled, but in that it was very two-sided and people really took sides i feel like i don't know if you agree with that you but i feel like yeah. it was like it wasn't as black and white as other yeah. like with brand new that like people can say like yeah that ha- like that was awful like yes and people who still defend brand new do so because of allegiance to the band or they're just like yes. assholes but like pine grove situation was a lot more it, w- it was a lot less cut and dry. Yes. Uh, the term used was sexual coercion. Yes. Um, in other words, like okay. he was saying that what had basically happened was that they were on tour and uh, he kind of used his power as like a lead, as, as a guy in a band to like get a girl to leave her boyfriend. And it, it's, it's just so bizarre. But oh, we're into a new song. We are. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, but- thank you for like having the sparing me the indignity of like trying to, like I've tried to explain this thing to people and it's just like, I don't know, save yourself some time. Just go on the, let's like look it up. It's yeah. But, but nonetheless though, the, the song that she's referring to, like yeah. what happens is he makes a, a lyrical oh, reference to he's at a party and people are talking about wanting to go to a Pine Grove show, but they don't know about all, quote, all the weird stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, so my, my, I don't know, my take on it, it was like, it felt a little gross. Like I didn't love that as a reference in a song, just uh, because for all the reasons we just said, like, it's not cut and dry and it kind of feels weird mm. to make reference to that in like an- I don't know it, it, it didn't I'm not like oh I'm so offended by that by any means yeah. but I'm just like I don't think I love it like it yeah. feels a little gross to me yeah uh, I, I don't know but I, think, but I think it was like it, it it was a real thing that people were discussing it's and true it, it, it's it's I think it's just weird for a band like the 1975 to make that sort of reference like I yeah. know like if it were in like a dr- okay, I don't think Drake would mem- reference Pine Grove, but like that would break it, the internet though. Yeah. <laughs> but like you know, Drake would mention you know, people, like you know, real people and like yeah. his dating. And I just think it's not expected uh, for a band of that nature. But here's the thing about the birthday party: like everyone got caught up on the Pine Grove reference. Yeah. Uh, but on the, the, there's also a verse on that song where Maddie talks about like how awkward it is for him to take a shit in a hotel. Like there's an entire verse about that that no one mentions. It's, it's yeah. Um, it's funny where, though too because I feel like though you and I probably also have a skewed viewpoint of this from like the parts of the internet that we are on of yes. like our parts of the internet we're like oh my god they're talking about one of our bands in a popular yeah, right? band and it's like it's like the popular kid at school paying attention to us so we're yeah. like oh, I, I don't even know any other lyric in the rest of the song <laughs> <laughs> well i would re- i recommend listening to the end because he talks about like the 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 the, the, the lengths he goes to so people don't have to like you know, hear him taking a shit in a hotel bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's American, by the way. Uh, I like this, this one so far. Yeah, this one's good. It also references uh, Settle Down from the first album. Okay. Um, yeah, because the first line's like, he says like small town or whatever, and that's how um, Settle Down, this, and it also sounds like a sped up version of Settle Down as well. Yeah. Uh, the previous song, uh, Change of Heart, also had a lyrical reference to Robbers from the first album, where he says, you used to have okay. a face straight out of a magazine. Now you just look like anyone, which is just like a, just a, ugh, just a supreme <laughs> disc right there. Um, it's usually like, like quoting previous songs that the references take, take yeah. their form? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and so when, when you see them live, uh, that's the ones that people tend to shout out loud. Uh, mm. it, it, it really, re- it, it, re- it, they reward engagement with the, with the, with the band. So, um, but yeah, she's American. This I think is another kind of funny song about the perception of, uh, you know, them as like British people about like their teeth and their eating yeah. habits. <laughs> and, um, it's, it's funny cause I clicked through to the lyrics while you were just talking and I saw the thing about fixing my teeth and I was like, oh right, they're British again. Like, I keep forgetting. Yeah. <laughs> Is it a compliment that she's American? No, she's saying he, uh, has, he's got to fix his teeth. Ah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, then uh, it thinks she's so American? I don't know. Yeah, she's... Uh, um, he rhymes with with intelligent. It's like, I, I, I think that the, the, this is kind of... 
this song is a bit uh it do, it's not exactly on the nose as to like what it's trying to get across i mm -hmm. think it's just the way that um the image of the band based on like their reality um and also just I, I I heard it was rumored that this was about Taylor Swift or something yeah. like that. Like you you hear rumors like that. It's like, oh, she's right. American. That's about like some kind of pop star. Mm, right. right. I've heard you you've referenced a couple music videos now. Are were there a lot of singles? There were quite a few singles on this one. Um, there was a total of seven. Holy that, holy. Is, I know, that is so many. Granted, it's a long album, but still, that's so many. All right, so here's a song called um, If I Believe You, which is uh -huh. six minutes long. Now, this is um, a real change-up. This is from, you know, the first five songs on this record and also just in general. This one is more their kind of gospel uh, D'Angelo sort of thing. Okay. It's got, um, huh. if you look at the credits, let's see, there's a choir on here. There is uh, a flugelhorn. Uh, played by jazz legend Roy Hargrove. Um, there, yeah. So uh, th th this kind of hints at where they go on subsequent records, but like uh, this is, I, I think this is a great song. But like when you, this is also one where people might go to the bathroom you know, during, <laughs> okay. during the show because it's very long and it's very slow. But um, as far as the singles, um, there were seven. So seven out of. 18 no seven out of 17 songs that's crazy uh, wow. yeah so this was not one of them <laughs> but um, really this flugelhorn choir hit yeah i don't know it's I, the thing is though um if you want to get into the history of like how this band was received now i don't think i'm really talking out of, out of I'm, i don't think i'm talking out of school or putting anyone's shit on blast here but like in my time uh, working at or writing at Pitchfork, um, mm -hmm. I don't think I've dealt like. Look, I, I there are a lot of bands I like that have not been well received there. Sure. Uh, now, obviously, this band is like in re held in really high regard. Um, I guess that's just like the nature of like staff changing. But like in the beginning, oh, like I don't think there was a band that was more hated than this one. Like wow. This was, that's this, interesting. Like, yeah, like the, the the higher ups, they hated the 1975, um, and you could see like how it kind of softens over time. But this song is interesting because I think this is one of the songs that kind of brought people over and like made them seem a bit more like serious. Okay. Uh, um, but yeah, the first the first album. I was really alone in stomping for that. One. I mean, like, the, like if I, I, I'm shocked that they didn't get treated like Jimmy Eat World back in the day, you know, like that. Hmm. There, there were people who were that against them. But um, here, here's a. But getting back to the singles, the first one, "Love Me," was released in October 2015. Yep. And then the last one, "Loving Someone," was released in February 2017. Crazy. Holy moly. So this uh, this album had about what it looks like 16 months. And then I'm trying to look up when the next album came out in 2018. So there was just like, not a break in album cycles. Well, wow. there, there, well 2017 there wasn't, but um uh, but what, what but these guys they're always like promoting their a new album. Yeah. Um 
like the moment this one was done, like there's this, there's something called music for cars, mm-hmm. which is this album they're always talking about, um, like completing a trilogy. Uh, but notes on a conditional form, the one that came out this year, this one, that one was like being teased from the very moment a brief inquiry into a brief inquiry into online relationship mm-hmm. was dropped. So they're never. There's never a time where there isn't like a 1975 album on the horizon. Yeah. But um, yeah, from, from 17 to eight, like uh, a brief inquiry came out in late 2018. That I remember. So okay, for, so it's a little we, yeah. Yeah, there was a bit of a break, but um, yeah, this they are constantly in the news, like you know, just adjusting the albums track list, and um, yeah, I mean, with this new album. God, I remember the first single for that came out mid-2019 or something. Oh, so like literally like a full six months before the album. Yeah. The, um, yeah. Even more. Because the, uh, the last yeah. album came out in May. Yeah. Or did it? Did, did that come out in May? Oh, I, my God. May 22nd, 2020. Huh. No, okay. Well, I, I mean, yes, you're looking at the... Uh, all right, so yeah, the first album, People, that that was the that came out oh, in yeah, August, August 2019. <laughs> Jesus, that, that was August. So the album, uh, the the promo for uh, the most recent album took about eight, about nine months. Well, and they every single came out before the album came out. They had seven singles oh, wow. before yeah. that album came out. That's insane. Hey, man, if you. It, it ain't. It, they're just flexing on us, man. <laughs> Crazy though. Like, okay. The also though, to your previous point, that album has fucking twenty-two songs. Because it I, really does. I I was actually talking about this. I don't even remember what album it was about. But my friends and I were talking about. Um, I don't love the like teasing of every good single before the album comes out because then the album comes out and I'm like, okay, well, I'm not really gonna listen to this. I already yeah, know the song. All the playing. filler tracks are left. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But with a 22 song album, I guess literally there's still so many other <laughs> songs left. I'm not gonna, as much as I love that new album, I'm not going to lie. Not all of them are essential. I would say no. 20 out of the 22 songs are essential. Nah. Um, I, 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 do, I do skip the uh, Greta Thunberg song at this point. Oh, you don't so, want to listen oh, to a spoken word intro over and over it's again? It's five minutes, man. It reminds me <laughs> it, it reminds me of um this is Wu Tang Forever when that came out in two thousand mm-hmm. in, in nineteen ninety-seven. There was it's a double CD and it begins with like a six minute um it, it begins with like a six minute spoken word track uh from this guy called Papa Wu, which gets in mm-hmm. just like real five percenter uh like i and of course like the next song is reunited so it's like i'm gonna skip to that and <laughs> let's, let's just get into this yeah do you think i wonder if greta gets like royalties from uh Ooh. oh yeah. uh did, did they bring her in the studio works. yeah i don't know uh maybe for i don't know we'll, we'll find out that like when cl- if climate change happens um you know, it, it'll be because of like the five cents she made from spotify yeah, right. <laughs> every time um Oh, th- okay. So this song uh, is called "Please Be Naked." Okay, uh, I'll just leave that out there. It's yeah. also right. there. Are also, it's also an instrumental. Okay. <laughs> so, All right. Yeah. If if we're talking about um, songs that people skip, um, yeah, this is one. Like you hear it, it 
and, and the, especially the uh, midsection of this album, it gets a mm-hmm. lot more um, uh, ambient and instrumental. Um, and uh, this is where people would say, uh, I don't know why they're trying to act like they're boards of Canada or, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, why they think they're like uh, Brian Eno or whatever. Why don't they just like make more songs like, you know, she's American and so forth. But um when you I said just, songs for cars, I did immediately think of songs for airport. So that right. does Same. that connection yeah, makes sense. Unintentional connection there, but um, <laughs> if you're going to fast forward a song, this is the one to do. Uh, I'm, I am fine with this. If you, if if yeah, let's 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 get to the let's get to the next one. All um, right, I yeah. yeah, I have no issue skipping a four minute instrumental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most people don't either. I mean, I. Yeah. I, I actually really like when the 1975 does like ambient or they do like uh, in the last two albums, they've gone a lot more towards like UK garage or two step mm-hmm. or doing their burial or James Blake sort of thing. I like that um, from them. Some people feel like, you know, it's them not sticking to their strengths or whatever, but um, sure. yeah, this one lost my head is five minutes long. And uh, so and it and it's a bit kind of more of like a shoegazy sort of thing. Okay. Um, so this is slow building as well. Um, I did like the flugelhorn. I know I'm several minutes late, but really <laughs> get that in there. yeah. Well, if you like that one, you probably the one that you might the album you might like is the next one, um, a brief inquiry into online relationships, because towards the end that gets a lot more kind of like. I don't want to say smooth jazz, but um, it's it's a lot more ballad heavy. Hmm. Me, it's I think it's that that album's interesting to me because it's like the one where they kind of unequivocally became like a critics band, and hmm. I think it's also like maybe not their it's like their third or fourth best. Um, I could talk out. I, I just don't understand how "Love It If We Made It" became like their definitive song. Uh, not my personal favorite, but I think that song kind of spoke to music critics constantly needing to have like a narrative for the year. <laughs> right. Like, is that, yeah, that's what's, that's the one that's like their version of we didn't start the fire or whatever. Does that start? Like I was riding in my car. Yes. Yeah. I know that song. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is this um, your favorite 1975 album, Ian? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. it is. It is one of my favorite. Now the end. It's, I think it's also my favorite 1975 album because it comes from a time, uh, the first half of 2016, where uh, I don't know if you remember what times were like, <laughs> but before then, um, uh, there, it feels it, so long ago. It feels so long ago, and it's also like I have to like bisect 2016 into even though uh, the election happened in November, <laughs> yeah. it still feels like two separate years um it does and this album came out like in february i think the, you know spirits were still high i was living in los angeles and not kentucky and um it, it, it's just the it's it's just such a phenomenal leap from their first album and i think that in the time since they've become like better at mm-hmm. doing certain things but i don't think I, what i love about the 1975 is when they just go for it and wait and you don't know if they're going to stick the landing. I think that that's what this album really is. It's like it has 
times where they just kind of can't pull it off, but that I love that about them. Um, it's it, and so this this one also I think it has like some of the best songs. It's like also I think their funniest album. Huh. Um, yeah. So and this song kind of goes on like this. It's like um, if you go to the next song, the ballad of me and my brain. I think that kind of gets more into like the underlying shoegaze nature of what they do they that's another influence they put on a lot of their mixes um there there are points where i wonder if because maddie when he was on twitter follows me on twitter um and there are times i I know how like self-absorbed this sounds but i wonder sometimes (laughs) if like they he put he'll like give a, a shout out to like random emo bands just to like Make sure that to like certain cri- yeah, just <laughs> to make sure that certain crit because like it is the least he can do, but <laughs> it, it but it, it, it nonetheless like ha- has earned what some would consider to be like kind of an insane level of uh, allegiance to this band because yeah, like you know what I, I like the fact that they're out there you know repping American football and uh, my friend and colleague Larry Fitzmaurice uh, mm-hmm. when he interviewed him. Uh, he said that him and uh, like Maddie was playing him Algernon Cabral Lauder. It's like, what yeah. band does that? Like <laughs> now, yeah. like I do kind of stand for this band and I do like, and I wonder, it's like if I were in a band at this level and I knew there were like, you know, critics at like Pitchfork or like, st- like yeah. people who were like, who had certain things that they like, certain things that like they you could easily manipulate them just by saying oh yeah i love like (laughs) the hotel you're a great band i'm like but actually i know maddie really does like the hotel year right so um but yeah so i was trying to scroll and find okay so you mentioned it being 2016 and I was trying to be like, what was I listening to in 2016? And I scrolled back and um, realizing it was uh, dark times, but I'm also remembering why, because that was the year that <laughs> the company I worked for got sued into bankruptcy. Oh. by Hulk Hogan. But literally my, my 2016 uh. playlist is like, Pine Grove, Turnover, yeah. Julian Baker, like yeah. it's, um, Hotel so it's, Year, Pop, like yeah, there's a bunch of pup in here. Um, it is, uh, yeah, it is. Car seat headrest. Uh, <laughs> and, and then Never Met, which I think is probably just on every year's because this is like the other <laughs> generated one. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. there's a hell year. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, th- not that every year isn't an emo playlist for me, but this one is really, <laughs> really on one. <laughs> oh, yeah. 2016 was such a phenomenal year for emo. Like, and also Jeff Rosenstock's Worry. I mean, yes. this album was my number two of 2016 only because I think Hotel Year's Goodness is the best album of the 2010s. But, uh, God, just a, such a strong year for music. Um, particularly. Yeah, I mean, this you, is a great playlist. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. But yeah, like, that 2016 was just a year where you know, regardless of like what genre you like there were just so many big events like lemonade yeah. came out that year oh, right. chance, oh. people still thought chance the rapper was cool like life yeah. of pablo um leonard cohen david bowie's last album um, now we're naming bands i know there we go <laughs> but 
you know, there was that, and in the emo world, you had like Pine Grove blowing up the last yep. Modern Baseball album. You had which we just recorded. Uh, we we just recorded that album. Oh, Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ooh, yeah. That was that... A ghost. <laughs> yeah, that was a ghost noise. Um, no, turned out I didn't love it as much as I remembered loving it. It's not my favorite uh, Modern Baseball album. I think but... it's their best. I think it's their best by far. But uh, oh, that's... Whoa. Well, different uh, opinions. Also, I'm like older. I think so. The you I don't know, know sport... how much older you are than me. I'm 40. I'm 36. Am I 36? I'm 36. <laughs> four years, but yeah, Can't four years, but but it's in emo years, like four That's years true. to eternity. Like, yeah, it, like my first emo band was Saves the Day. Okay, yeah, and for me, like, well, I don't know. I think I have a bit of a lapse. I think I have like the taste of someone who's like five or ten years younger than me. So, uh, <laughs> at least as far as emo bands go, like, but you know, Sports and uh, You're Gonna Miss It All are albums that are very much uh, in that front bottoms, like you follow the lyrics and you quote the lyrics sort of thing. Whereas Holy Ghost is more kind of, I don't know, abstract. Oh, are we into the next song? Somebody else. Yeah, somebody else. Yep. All right. So this is like the big hit, uh, which okay. is strange. It's strange because um, it's a yeah, slower like- song. It doesn't quite sound as much of a hit as uh, some of the songs earlier in the mm-hmm. album. But this is the one that um, I think has the How- most plays on Spotify. How many tracks in are we? This is kind of late in the album. Isn't Ten. It? Ten. Wow. Yeah, we are, we are, this album's really hitting its stride. Also, I would highly recommend to uh, watch the video. Uh, I don't want to spoil it, <laughs> but um, it's, 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 it's pretty disturbing. But um, yeah, this, this song also has a bit of, uh, in the same, in the same way that uh, Change of Heart was kind of like Hungry Eyes, this also mm-hmm. has a bit of like an 80s sort of pop ballad. Sort of thing going on. Oh yeah. But yeah, yeah. We have like the drums, the roto toms, and all that. And um, and similar to Change of Heart, it it doesn't present Matt in a very sympathetic light. You know, it's it's song about like him being like super jealous about somebody, and you know, just kind of imagining bad things happening to them. And then the bridge. Um, well, when we get to the bridge, it, it takes a very interesting turn. Okay. Um, to be about like a self-referential bit about like being in the 1975 and you know <laughs> okay. searching for love and you know what it like commercialization things and but, yeah right. I mean I'm curious like when you hear this song do you hear this as like oh yeah this is this is the one this is the hit no <laughs> um, no and, and and that's not a diss on this I actually really like no. how this one sounds but this like uh yeah I'm going to have a hard time remembering what ones I felt that way about. Like she's American felt like a single to me. That felt like Absolutely. a pop song. Um, yeah. I'd have to go back and skip through, but I feel like there were two other ones that we've already listened to that I would be like, Oh yeah, no, that would have been the most popular one. This, this one is reminding me uh, a lot more of love it. If we made it. Yeah. In terms of the beat and sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is very mil. Yeah. It does have that kind of militaristic sound to it. Um, also we need to, we haven't mentioned him yet. George Daniel, uh, the uh-huh. drummer, He's okay. also the producer, um, oh. and he is such an instrumental part of like what this band does. Like he does all the programming, and um, he does like if you look at the credits, um, you know he's he's also very tall, and he plays a very <laughs> like. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, he he does programming, does keyboards, production, synthesizer, Ooh. and um, 
yeah, th this is like a real deal band. Um, and I think that is another thing that I find to be uh, endearing about the 1975. I like they've, known that, yeah. they've known each other for years, like since they were kids. Um, go back and watch the video, like the original black and white video for sex. Mm -hmm. And they just, you know, they're in a garage or whatever. So yeah. I think one thing that kind of gave them the bad reputation in the beginning is this perception of them as because they're good looking and because <laughs> yeah. they, um, you know, became popular pretty quickly is that they're like an industry plant or that right. they're just like, but uh, they just, they, they've been around forever. They've had different names. Uh, they used to be called the Slowdown, and um, nope. But when I first heard the, <laughs> when I first heard Sex, they were known as the Slowdown back then. Okay. So, um, but yeah, they they're they're as real, and I don't want to say DIY, but um, <laughs> but no, they, they they are no less manufactured than any other uh, band that I have talked about so far. So they just happen to have they just happen to have flugel horns. Oh. Uh, this, this is the part They're... where he says like fuck that get money and that's like a big crowd response but um i mean th this is I agree. Uh, yeah I, <laughs> yeah a, a lot of 1975 songs to uh, they get criticized for like interrogating uh the nature of being a very popular band it's like are they contributing to the uh moral decline or are they trying to fight it and this and yeah it, it goes back and forth but uh, this song is by far their most pop like it has 400 million That's streams on spotify very wow. interesting but and chocolate which appears to be their second most popular has 286 million that is crazy because to me chocolate is like that sounds like more of a hit than this one does to me yeah um yeah it's i i i is that I a later album uh, it's the earlier. first album yeah oh, okay yeah chocolate is the one that really pops off live like there are certain like this song does really well live um chocolate does well live the city does well live sex is what they usually use to close it um yeah but it's like this it's 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 amazing that like this song is like the definitive single but not love it if we made it like love it if we made it isn't even like the most popular song from that album you know which is fine by me because it's not their best song in my opinion. But interesting. Yeah, it's just the one that it, that was that. That's just one that like appeals more to writers. <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm. I'm just on the on Wikipedia now too. Their name is they took from on the road. Do you know? Oh. Yeah. How corny yeah. is that? It's pretty yeah. corny, but I kind of like it because it's like it's like the right amount of corny to me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's not as obvious as like hot water music being named after a Bukowski book, and yeah. they still have that kind of similar like hard drinking dudes rock sort of vibe. Right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's a little more subtle. Okay, so this song, I'm very interested in what you y'all think because like even the people I know who love this album find this song to be a bit much. So tell me, okay. I'm very interested to hear what you guys have to say about this one. I don't like this vocal thing right now at all. <laughs> I can tell you that right off the bat. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Remember that song, Pumped Up Kicks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why I'm getting those vibes here. Uh, Just no, sort I can of, like, kind of well, see wait, that. Wait till, the beat, wait till the beat comes in. Huh. I'm more yeah, kind of rap now. So this song is, in addition to, like, the vocals uh, and the beat kind of being a bit K-Rock-ish, the song itself is... Um, the most like the most on point about him criticizing like 
pop music's um, tendencies to sell sex, which is also a self-reference because he's like, I'm selling sex, a.k.a. the song also right, titled right. Sex. Yep. So it's got that sort of, uh, it's got that kind of a uh, layer to it as well. But um, he, uh, it's kind of the struggle of uh, 1975's music of like, being this pop star or like trying to say something meaningful hmm. um and in some way like in so, in a lot of ways maddie might not be as smart as he thinks he is but <laughs> I, I appreciate i appreciate the effort you know um fair enough but yeah this this one is it, it, many people would consider it to be skippable so why don't we it's okay it's a little sleepy yeah. So the next song, uh, I'm, I love this one. Then let's it's get six, to it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, the title's so long again. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the title track, so that's oh, why shit. it is so long. Except oh. lowercase. They don't yes. know how they like to capitalize. They're confused. So, so this is um, kind of a quasi instrumental. Um, okay. You can hear it's got a bit of like an IDM influence from like 2002, like like the No Twist or whatever, or Boards of Canada. This is when they actually play live, though. Um, okay. You'll see why as it starts to get going. Um, but, yeah, I, I think this is where it's important to, like, bring up the fact that they're a band and, like, all the programming that's going on from George Daniel, the drummer yeah. slash programmer. Um, it, it takes a bit to get going. But, um, and it, it's important to hear it all the way through because the way it introduces the last part of the album, which... The last part of the album is kind of similar to the first part where it's just mm-hmm. like it those songs sound like hits and the one immediately after this I think is the definitive it's my favorite 1975 song not this one but the one after it and you'll kind of see why but um I believe that what I'm about to say is going to be a hot take All right okay, go on <laughs> the, specifically this slow build intro reminds me of Owl City I can hear it I mean, is that I, such a bad thing? I mean, I don't know. I, I I'm nervous. Like, I'm nervous. <laughs> I feel like it's. I I don't feel like it's that hot of a take. I feel like it's just the lamest version of that take, which is not a diss on you, just because that <laughs> is lamer than the other bands that sound similar. But I think that you probably just don't have another frame of reference for that type of music. The, I could say Postal Service, but it sounds more like Owl City to me. <laughs> That's fair. Well, Okay, without the vocals, though, how would you say that it sounds more like Owl City than Postal Service? Specifically, the lullaby-ish synthy noises. It's, it's right. cuter sounding. It's yeah. cute. It's it's a bit more electronic twee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is more twee. But if you if you go back to like two thousand, like the era from which like Postal Service came up, you could hear this as like being similar to like Mum or like Lollipuna or whatever, which are just. It, if like there's any like pitchfork writers from like 2003 to 2005, they'll know what I'm talking about. But otherwise, <laughs> those references. Well, no, this is this is where I really demonstrate that I'm 40 years old, where I start <laughs> referencing like um, all these like like more music, M O R R music type uh, acts. Uh, this is this 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 is this is why people bring me on to talk about the 1970. <laughs> But yeah, so it, it does take a little while for this thing to get going. But I think I think we're at a point where Al City, like, they're not seen as lame as they used to be. No, I like, think fine. I think people, like, have kind of come around of, like, yeah, they're not the worst thing in the world, particularly after, I think, the Postal Service did that uh, voting outreach oh, thing. Where, yeah. 
it's just like oh man like uh, I, I just remember that initial wave of backlash of being like oh they, they just 100% ripped off that sound which and they then, did <laughs> yeah but I really like that Carly Rae Jepsen song that they did together. So, All right. look, man, when I hear butterflies and uh, and Ralphs, man, that shit. Well, back in the day when you know I would more regularly go to Ralphs, yeah, sure. that shit fucking that shit goes, man. Like, uh, <laughs> I think that I think there's like a certain genre of music or a certain kind of song that really just pops off in Ralphs, and I think um, you know that Goo Goo Dolls always sound good when I hear them in Ralphs. Like Slide is the ultimate supermarket song like i think goo goo dolls sound good everywhere but that's uh my yeah. personal opinion um, no, I, love, I love them but like slide in, <laughs> slide in particular like it doesn't it if you heard black balloon while you were shopping it wouldn't hit the same but like I mean, slide is a, it's you're a talking more to someone song. who has a joke black balloon tattoo so oh god <laughs> What do you think about Phoebe Bridgers uh, oh speaking of uh, covering? I listened uh, to it 400 times the other day. I I love it. <laughs> awesome. I yeah, mean, Phoebe, it, Phoebe Bridgers it was like also was... a guest on. Oh, Phoebe Bridgers, by the way, guest uh, yeah. vocalist on the new album, Five Nights Night. Oh, that's cool. Oh. Um, yeah. Actually, Ramsey, have you heard that cover, the Phoebe Bridgers cover of Iris with Maggie Rogers? Uh, yes. I love it. Yeah, I, I haven't. Love it. I haven't heard it yet. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> Look, man, I'm a busy guy. But um, speaking of which, <laughs> Iris, um, when it came out in 1998, my roommate um, in college played that song all the time. Oh no! To the point where I'd be like, "Look, oh, no. dude, I'm gonna limit you to playing this. You can't listen to it more than three times per day when I'm in the room with you." Like, <laughs> I had, to, I just, I had to set that ground rule. They also are an upstate New York band where Ramsey and I are both from, so it was yeah. played basically all the time. Yep. Yeah, it was a lot, a lot, a lot, but yeah, I no, still like I, it. I, I, I had a boy named Goo on CD. I think uh, uh, named, same. Um, you know what's that? Naked's a great song. Um, yeah, Goo Goo Dolls got bangers, man. Like I think <laughs> that's another band similar to Al City, where it's like. People use people are like it's no longer. Yeah, people are now back on board with Google. This is true. Yeah, <laughs> like the arc of time leans towards accepting any band that was popular. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So, You're up next, Jacob Dylan. <laughs> no, yeah, I think no, we're already on Wallflowers again. Yeah, the oh, good. Okay. Sixth Avenue heartache I hear in Ralph's too, but that one just makes me like, oh god, I just. Like I, I don't feel like spending money. Like I feel like just sitting down the in the cereal aisle and just like sticking my hand in a box of Allberry's Cap and Crunch, man. <laughs> like they need to they need to play the difference. That's the song that gets me going, you know. Or like uh, one headlight. Ugh. So this um, we're I kind of cut head- to like six months from now when you're DJing at Ralph's. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dream job. I want to be the guy. Like we're only gonna play like five high-end songs per hour instead of like eight hi <laughs> guys i don't think i've ever been to a ralph's i know what it is but I, <laughs> I i don't usually go to grocery stores when i'm in la it's like not really on my to-do list normally fair enough so i know about next- it from podcasts <laughs> <laughs> so this is my favorite the 1975 song uh, i already like the is- vibe of this one yeah very blog house um and if you look at my Twitter avatar, this uh, that's taken from the video for this song. Oh, oh, I know this one. Yeah, yeah, this one very much uh, in the vein of like 2008 copy 
uh, maybe Passion Pit. Yeah, uh, it's got the piano of like is um, shit I love. So yeah, this is very bloghousey. But the video for this one is my favorite because it just kind of it. They're playing in this box, like this clear box, and it, there's all these projections of like things critics are saying about them. It's like I liked chocolate. Uh, and, <laughs> like I, 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 like I heard chocolate and I wanted to punch the guy in the face or unconvincing emo lyrics. Yeah, if that <laughs> that one that that one's the best right there. Um, but yeah, I'm and, having and, a very visceral visceral memory of this song. So I have in my group of friends, there are some definitely some really big 1975 fans. And in um, you know the previous world when you could go outdoors, my oh, yeah. one group of friends is huge proponents of touch tunes bars. Like I probably still have two hundred dollars in touch. <gasps> you don't know touch tunes? I don't know what that is. I don't know what is that. It's the, it's the digital jukeboxes, but you can control oh. them with your phone, and so you just buy credits and you control it from your phone. So literally, we'll go to a bar and just take over the jukebox and punish everyone by playing emo songs all night. But also, <laughs> like you can also do it when you're not there. So if I knew my friends were at a bar, sometimes I would just turn music on in those bars. Um, oh my which god, is a real joy. But I have a specific memory of a night where one person just kept playing the 1975 all night and I like have <laughs> this vision of myself at Rosemary's in Williamsburg with this song on hmm. uh, R.I.P. that bar, R.I.P. going out, all of it yeah. <laughs> nah, this, this, this is the song that um, if not sex, they'll use to like close out the show, got it uh, and yeah, it's, it's th- this is just the quintessential 1975 because it's about you know, uh, this casual relationship, but also Maddie Healy deconstructing the perception of himself. Like I'm, he's saying like, I'm such a cliche, but I don't see the difference in it either way. Um, <laughs> and it's like, he's like, I know you see me as this like kind of faux intellectual junkie, but that's who I am. And like, even <laughs> if I was play acting it, what's the difference? So but it also sounds like a cut copy song, so you can kind of mm. overlook that completely. I um, like this one. Well, it only took us an hour to get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a long one. Yeah. But yeah, on the um, they released a live album in 2017, uh, and this is the closer. Like, the last two songs they play are Chocolate and The Sound. Got it. Um, on that album but actually if i believe you the flugelhorn song was third to last song so you and also i, I assume you've seen them live oh a couple of times Great, i like, have seen like videos i i've they played barclays i think not that long before covid okay. and i saw videos from my friends going to it and their live show does look really awesome yeah it's it's they they really do a great job um and, and also it's the, the the fans just go nuts yeah um, one of my favorite uh, memories of seeing the 1975 live, I've seen them like a couple of times at like festivals and other times just them. But um, when I was living in Kentucky, they played a show at Northern Kentucky University. Um, I made I made the hour and a half drive there. It's basically Cincinnati. Okay. Uh, and I remember it's in this place called New- Newport, Kentucky, <laughs> which is like, you know, a suburb of Cincinnati. And like Maddie Healy's on stage and he's like, I miss the emo of it all, Newport, Kentucky. Like, can we get a little emo? And it's like another thing. It's like, man, this guy gets me. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, just him referencing like 
the total rock star thing of like mentioning the town that you're in. Yeah. But it's not like saying like hello Cincinnati. It's like no, this is like Newport, Kentucky. <laughs> at like a basketball arena for the Northern Kentucky Norse. Um, Fair enough. But yeah, great great show. Um so this song, This Must Be My Dream, is like mm-hmm. um total M eighty three worship, which I Okay. I, I literally I, forgot I, that band existed until you just said that. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I was thinking about them today as well because, I mean, from 2003, like, that album, like, Red City's Dead yep. Ghost Lost Bees to Hurry Up, We're Dreaming, like, maybe my favorite band. Like, that is a band that just speaks to me like, my interests and my tastes, like, so much. It's like, um, and I, I also have interviewed Anthony Gonzalez, like, mm-hmm. like four times or something like that. And I, I, I just think he's just kind of chilling right now. Like, he was so freaked out about how to follow up Midnight City. Yeah. Um, it took five years to make that album junk. And, like, he, he was just him saying, like, okay, here it is. Now let me just kind of do soundtracks and chill out. Hmm. Um, I associate Hurry Up, We're Dreaming with, like, every early New York City memory. Because I yeah. think it must have come out right after I moved to New York. Okay. And I, I just feel like that album was playing at every party I went to for like a two year period in New York. Yeah. The God that, Oh, I am going to, I'm just thinking ahead of like how I'm really going to have to go hard on the 10 year anniversary for that piece. <laughs> like, but then again, like, I don't know if I'm the sort of person who should do that because I was 31 when that album came out and like, I was going to like community college again to like get prerequisites for like yeah. my current job. So I wasn't really out there living the same way. <laughs> I mean, okay, what I mean by that is that it wasn't, like, baked into the social fabric of, like, right. someone who was, like, in college in 2011. Yeah. And I think that's also kind of true with this stuff. It's like, um, yeah, I mean, I was 36 when this album came out. Like, I was uh, preparing to move across the country, but, like, I wasn't, like, you know, having these formative experiences of youth that will forever be tied with this it's like no this is an album i listened to when i you know had to drive an hour back from work from santa monica to glendale but i do Uh, think with an album like this like i can see like why this is like a pivotal album for people of that age and like oh yeah even even as someone coming to it older i kind of get that romanticism of it and i feel like i can internalize it even though i'm not necessarily living that exact life because i have with other albums so i feel like i can like tie those same memories to this in, in a, a different way if that makes any sense whatsoever no, it, it does and it's not like i stopped creating memories of course, uh, of uh, course. But, but none the, but also the, i, the I think about break is crazy sorry <laughs> go ahead yeah, yeah. like we're, we're so deep in it that we can actually think so, like miss the saxophone solo complete we should at least get a pass you guys like where do you guys stand on sax solos because don't when, like them <laughs> Well, yeah, it was very of a time. Yeah, but what time though? It's like 2011. They came back with a vengeance. I don't like um, that. Um, to me, it's a 90s thing, early 90s. Huh. I, that's that feels right to me, or like kind of like um, East Street I think, Band era. Well, yeah. yeah, but I think I feel like we already on a different episode of this show have rehashed my opinions on saxos. Wasn't there a saxo on a recent Jimmy Eat World song? Yes, there was a uh, all the way on us surviving. It was like stay, yeah. go all the way. That and we did that as a single, and yeah. I do not like it. 
The sax yeah. solo. I don't like it. Yeah. More less sax, more flugelhorn. You see, that's where <laughs> yeah. e- that's where emo less comes sax, to save us. Sax. emo has trumpet you know that's the the dorkier brother of a saxophone like a saxophone just kind of looks cool trumpet can't look cool playing that no 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 um so this song paris um this is late album highlight like um just uh also kind of sounds like uh you know every breath you take it has that um It has a similar sort of guitar, uh, like the the, where you have to do the Andy Summers stretch out your fingers uh, sort of thing, play (laughs) the suspended two chords. Get a little guitar dorky, but uh, it's you know another song about Maddie Healy's drug problem, Mm -hmm. Um, and but like it's not in a, it's not in like a. How do I describe it? It's still kind of funny, even though it's like super sad. and uh, he says, like, you know, this girl says to him, you've been romanticizing heroin. Um, and it's a song about romanticizing heroin, but also romanticizing, like, writing songs about romanticizing heroin. Oh, got it, yeah. Um, but yeah, just like a a really, really sad fucking song. Um, and I don't know if they play this song live very much. Um, just, I think there are certain songs that, like, probably are just maybe too dark to revisit. But um, Maybe. But yeah, I don't. I don't know if you'll know the answer to this. Ian, are the writing credits like shared, or does Maddie get all the credit for? Writing? Um, well, Matt writes all the lyrics. Um, he okay. does all the vocals, but like musician, what? Like, uh, I would say like him and George are really like the brain mm-hmm. trust for the band. Like, they're the two who have been friends for the longest, and uh, George does all the production, and he kind of helps Matt. Maddie realize his ideas, but I think they. I think they, the, the, I think the writing credits are shared. Um, as a matter of fact, um, I think it, it, we, when we talk about like the relationship to 1975, we got to talk about the last song on the new album called "Guys," uh-huh. um, which is you know in a way reference referencing a song they had on the first album called "Girls." Um, got it. Totally, yeah, sort of a, and it's a song about. Uh, just how they met and like how much he just like loves his boys in the band and it's like it's 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 a dude's rock anthem for 2020 but it's (laughs) but it's it's like it sounds like an 80s like pop ballad and um i think that's it's especially since um maddie likes to challenge um he's very um scrutin he puts a lot of scrutiny on the fact that he's you know a white guy in a band of other white guys and yeah. the bands they signed to Dirty Hit, uh, none of them were white guys, um, mostly like younger uh, women of color. But That's cool. um, but yeah, it, it is it's certain, and I think those are the bands that might have like a bigger uh, reach going forward. Like Biba Doobie, by the way, has like more Spotify listeners per month than the 1975, which is insane wow. to think about. Um, yeah, TikTok, man. Like that's I think that's that's the dividing yeah, that's the dividing line between the nineteen seventy five and the younger generation. But I think it's just kind of sweet that he you know, at the end of the album, like after all this like his attempts to scrutinize like his role in the music industry and as like a white guy, he like just like writes this really sweet song about like how much he loves his boys, man. Um, <laughs> the the nineteen seventy five contained multitudes. Um, I mean, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, so, 
So th- we're, 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 we're coming around the bend for this album. Um, I will you know, say, this hasn't... I mean, granted, we skipped two songs, but, like, this album moves. Like, it, it hasn't really does. dragged along for as yeah. long as it is. It doesn't no. feel like the same song over and over uh-uh. again. It definitely has different movements to it. Yeah, it, it, the album it reminds me of is Drake's Take Care, if that makes it like... It's a weird sort of comparison because, like, they both are sequenced pretty similarly. Uh, they're both... I, I think the 1975 and Drake's, like, albums, like, parallel each other a lot. And Interesting. I Drake, Take Care is easily my favorite Drake album. Um, and it's the one where he kind of went from this kind of a, a bit of a laughing stock, but, like, really popular to, like, this auteur sort of vision. And uh, that and before he became a lot better at... Um, kind of molding his uh, molding his ambitions like this is the 1975's uh, Take Care to Me where okay. it starts out really strong and it also closes with really strong as well uh, this song uh, uh, Nana or Nana I don't know how the I don't know how the British pr- um, uh, I don't know how the British pronounce it but this song is uh, it's about his uh, grandmother dying <laughs> I'm not laughing because that's funny, but it's just like, oh. <laughs> it's um, just like very cute and sweet. Yeah, no, also, it's... Um, yeah, the also uh, about cocaine dick and then... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah there's something uh, for everybody in here. Yeah. The album art for it, knowing that it's about his grandmother dying is... I don't... It's funny is the right word, but it's literally nana and neon lights above like a fireplace in a living room yeah. it's just like a weird which is, the position. Which is probably, yeah which is probably where like it's probably like her house or whatever yeah. but, it's just but, it's, yeah. it's a funny vibe with this song yeah it's sort of like uh like pop star never stop never stopping yeah. where it's, <laughs> it, yeah. it, it, I, I, I can't even which yeah that was also 2016 that's another great oh. thing I like seeing that movie in, um, like God, like the, at the Glendale AMC at the Glendale yeah. Gallery or whatever, with like four other people in the theater because, like, I just wanted to get into a place with air conditioning. <laughs> like, uh, by the way, my estimation, the funniest movie of the past, like, uh, maybe even yeah. twenty years. You're, you're preaching to the choir here. Okay, good. Yeah. We went and saw Lonely Island together at a uh, King's Theater in Brooklyn, and I still wear my Style Boys sweatshirt. One hundred percent. I need to. It, it's it's Style Boys weather. I got to get yeah, that out. It of is. The it is. <laughs> uh, I watched that movie. I think this year, like maybe a few months ago, uh, my girlfriend had not seen it yet, and I'm and I just had to share that experience with her. And everything about it, like it, it was like a really poignant watch to me. Um, the, the style of humor and uh, the reference points just speaks to a time before, you know, pre-Trump, pre-everything. Yeah. It's, it's like you can't like you just wouldn't be able to make a movie with just that funny and without any sort of like political component to it. Totally. it, it just, like you just I just can't remember the last time there was a movie that came out that was just that funny. There's you know. There's probably an essay in this, but like Andy Samberg's follow-up movie is about uh, living the same day over and over again as being a total hell. Yeah, that was a good movie, but it was, yeah, it was also like not at all like political as well, but it's just, right. uh, I think a pop star never stopped, never stopping, which by the, I have to say the entire thing. And 
<laughs> I, and, and look, I know that things were shitty in a, like in 2015, like, you know, 2015 was when um, a lot of the Black Lives Matter, um, you know, protests started and yeah. all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, so I and also I look back, of course, on like 2004. It's like, oh, yeah, that was like blog rock. That was Arcade Fire. Like, what a yeah. fun time that was. Also, it was like, you know, the fucking Iraq war. Right. Um, I, like maybe things have always been shitty. We've just become more aware of it. Maybe. Nonetheless, I, I don't think you could make a movie like Can't Stop, even if you like changed it to be a parody of like Post Malone instead of like uh, Justin Bieber. <laughs> right. Like, I don't think you could make a movie with that sort of, um, I don't know, style of humor. Did we completely miss the song about his dead grandmother? We did. <laughs> we did. <laughs> And yeah, and the last song, like I'll be real, we were thinking about uh, Connor's dead turtle. Yeah, yeah. The next song, she goes down. Like it's, I skip this song. Like uh, I don't think, or she lays down. Uh, I think it's about like um, uh, a friend dying of like an overdose or or like struggling with drug addiction like or whatever. A heavy end to this album, back to back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. So um, I kind of skip that song. Um, it's actually about um, no, no. It's actually about his mom. Um, oh. Sorry, I, I got it confused with another song. It's about his mom suffering from postpartum depression mm. uh, after he was born. So um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So song about his um, grandma dying. A song about his mom suffering from depression. Uh, Were either of those singles? No. Okay. <laughs> and I don't. I don't think. Um, I don't think uh, he'll ever play this song live. He did play Nana live, I think, on mm-hmm. the uh, live album that I was referring to. Uh, and yeah, that's just the real. Te- that's a real tearjerker right there. Um, uh, but I don't know. It's not on the live album, but I have seen them live when they played Nana. And um, but yeah, this one is like sort of you just have to do it to close out the album. Hmm. Um, And, and I think this was also released with like a bunch of bonus tracks as well. So they were just on a roll like that. So like, I don't know if you want to go out on that kind of sad note, by all means, I don't, I don't, I don't have much to say about this song. Totally, totally fair. (laughs) Yeah. I I will say as like a a little bit earlier, I didn't want to pose this question just because I thought it was sort of like a weirdly too specific question to throw to you. Um, As a a measure of their sort of popularity, I was curious if they'd ever been on SNL. Like that. I think they have been. No, Uh, I think think that's a very good one. And uh, I just got 1975 SNL cast. And no, they played the sound on SNL. They, okay. they, they, yeah, they, they played, um, pretty, I think a couple of weeks, uh, before, um, this album came out is I think Larry David was the, uh, host. Hmm. Um, ah. but yeah, you'll see, uh, Maddie was shirtless on that <laughs> one. Like I, in, in some ways, like it led to people saying like, Oh, look at these guys are just dumb asses on the other. It's like, but is it like a send up of the kind of himbo sort of thing? Like, what kind of game are they playing here? You know, <laughs> um, I thought it was kind of refreshing because, like, there's just really no band who like the 1975 who can kind of play that sort of uh, sex symbol. But like, are they being cheeky about it? Kind of thing. I, so it's kind of maybe it's just because I brought up SNL, but it's reminding me of like sort of the Lana Del Rey question 
Absolutely. I think both of that, I think those are, that, that's a very good comparison. And I don't think I, you know, I, it didn't dawn on me until now, but um, yeah, actually the trajectory is quite similar. Interesting. Yeah. It's like, do they mean it or do they not mean it? Um, and yeah, uh, that's, yeah, that those, those two. And I think in, to a degree, Drake as well, like hmm. once again, I, if there's any, <laughs> wisdom I can impart as someone who's like been a music writer at, you know, a certain level for like the past 15 years. It's that the art, it always, the, a band that's popular or an artist or a pop star, you'll always come around to it. You know, like it Mm -hmm. all, like the things that age poorly are like the indie favorites, but (laughs) uh, 10 years from now, like I guarantee you there will be someone who like does, you know, a, a, a defense of Imagine Dragons or um, sure, sure. it's like, here's like, here's why the chain smokers were actually important. Um, <laughs> like there's just know. way, there's just way more mileage you can get out of that rather than saying, well, here's why Sonic Youth mattered. Um, yeah. Like y- y- you look at who's popular right now. You look at like the most like Jack Har- Jack Harlow or, mm-hmm. uh, whoever you want to name as like the embodiment of like, what has our culture come to that person, whoever likes them is going to be 25 and they're going to be a music writer. If you know, music publications don't get, don't get Peter Thiel, <laughs> you know, not to, hit, exactly. um, not to hit a sore point, but uh, <laughs> if, if they don't get like sucked up by venture capitalists yeah. or like students sued out of existence, there's going to be a 25 year old who wants to make their mark, but, yeah. and who, was super into like pop music at 15. So mm-hmm. it's just the cycle of life, you know? It is. <laughs> um, well, thank you for bringing this. I'm ranting, oh, yeah. I'm curious what your thoughts are. We did determine you had heard the 1975 before, but what are your, right. what are your thoughts? Yeah. I realized that you played me that song before. That's how I knew that song. Uh, what song did I play you before? Love it. If we made it, I have no recollection of this happening. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, I, you, you said you, I think it was probably a sound check for this podcast. And yeah, then I put that on one of my playlists. That happens. <laughs> to be fair, uh, though, I will also get obsessed with an individual song for one week and then forget that it ever existed and never sure, listened sure. to it again. Uh, <laughs> that, makes, well, that makes sense. <laughs> so going into this without realizing that I did know that song, um, just the hearing them like that comparison of imagine dragons put me in in a different spot. But then like, it was clear that there was uh, more going on there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wrote down kind of early on. Oh, it was when the Princey song came on. Yeah, Uh, I wrote if Maroon five was of Montreal, I think this is Ah. interesting. Interesting. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, I like that. They were able to do a lot of different things and uh mm-hmm. they all sounded good like they, it wasn't like oh we're we tried this and it we didn't quite nail it there was a, a lot of variety to the the music that was being played here um and i'm really curious to hear both what came before and what came after to see how mm. how little or how much it changes this yeah. is one that i think i'll come back to i can i think you if you listen to this band, I don't know that you would like full catalog every single song, but I could see you definitely l- enjoying this band in general. I, don't I, know. I think so. Yeah. Um, I, I 
say this only occasionally, I definitely think I will be listening more to this band. Woohoo! That's true. And I think, honestly, like, having only really liked the first album, uh, this did make me like this band more. Hey! Um... I think I probably will. Again, I don't think I'll listen to this full album because to your point, A, it's really long and there are some songs on it that are like sleepy to me, but I can see myself pulling some of these songs out onto like some playlists for, you know, that vibe. Um, But yeah, I think overall this did make me like this band generally more. And I do think I get their aesthetic a little more now and like understand where my confusion was coming from of like why is why this band why is this hmm. the band that yeah. people are like elevating in this way but um yeah good good work it's it's a rare it's a rare show where ramsey and i both come out feeling more positive it's true wow <laughs> yeah I, I i i had no idea i would have that effect <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, finally getting the, the, these scrappy underdogs uh in yeah, yeah, 1975 expanding their market reach by like just yep. incremental yeah. yeah good news maddie you're gonna get the if you're listening bump on your album so <laughs> Which is uh, one playthrough on your album on Spotify. Look, <laughs> yeah, you just got it. But here's the thing, though. Even if he, I don't know if like he'll get the bump, but like the 1975, like if you tweet about them, if you write about them, like that does numbers. Like they're, I think their manager or like just their fan base, like really pumps it up. Like every single time I've like done a tweet that's like done like you know five like or like thousands of likes it's probably been because of the 1975 wow. i'm not good. even kidding that's good to know because we always debate for this podcast whether or not we tag the band because i'm worried about getting a cease and desist one day but we'll tag them <laughs> oh yeah i didn't think about that <laughs> you know uh, well, <laughs> uh, yeah also i'm surprised you mentioned uh Death from Above 1979, but not Chain Gang of 1974, which is I've closer. I've never heard of that. <laughs> I don't know that one. Oh, for real? I feel like that's a band that like people who listen to Death from Above 1979 uh, also are into, but I could be wrong. Well, let me ask you this. Did that other band do the theme song to Human Giant, the MTV show? Because <laughs> that's how I know <laughs> it. Death from Above. Did Death, uh, uh, have you, uh, okay, can we answer this? Since you're here and we're talking about DFA 1979, are they Proud Boy? Adjacent? Ooh, are Ooh. they? I don't I know. Heard, I, I, I look. You listen to like "I'm a Woman, You're a Machine." It's like I didn't know the term "canceled" back in 2004, but sure. it's like this band's gonna get canceled in some way. <laughs> Not because like they see. It's just like a noise band making a song about like being a coked out like dickhead and like and a breakup, like going through a breakup. It's like yeah, something bad's gonna happen with these guys. Wow. Um, I, uh, I've heard that like, and also that was, they were involved with like vice. Like don't, I, oh. I don't want to like, slant, I don't want to slander any band, but like, I felt like they had to like actually say, no, we're not affiliated with the proud boys in any way. Oh. So I don't, I don't know. know. No idea. I, no. I don't really actively listen to that band, but I did see them accidentally at riot fest at one point, but that was really <laughs> the extent of it. <laughs> Oh, I was like, uh, oh, right. I know that logo. Okay, great. Moving on to the next stage I'm going to. Uh, <laughs> let me go over here and probably just watch American football, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> I think that was the same year. Um, cool. 
I think that's it. Ian, thank you so much. Where can people find you online if they so desire? Uh, People can find me online. I'm typically on Twitter at uh, the handle is at E-N, the two letters, E as in elephant and as in Nancy underscore Cohen. Uh, you'll see the 1975 screenshot that was mentioned somewhere deep in the three hours of this show. I did uh, follow you during the show just so I could see what you were talking about. Well, get, your, get your head in the game, man. I can't believe you were on Twitter during this. Um, no, I'm, I'm playing. Um, uh, you could do, uh, I also more frequently write a pitchfork, stereo gum, sometimes the ringer, listen to IndieCast, my podcast with mm-hmm. my co-host, Stephen Hyden. Um, and that is where I am found nowadays. Love it. Uh, Ramsey, how about you? You can find me on Twitter where I follow Ian Cohen <laughs> at, at Ramsey. ESS, and Welcome then can, flavor country. Oh boy. I can't wait. Uh, and you can, uh, get everything I do right there. How about you, Heather? Uh, you can find me at Heather Say, S-H-A-E, where I basically exclusively tweet about this podcast. But uh, <laughs> that's that's it. If you like uh, those tweets, you can follow uh, our podcast at If You're Listening. Probably more straightforward than following me. <laughs> you yeah. can go to our website, if you're listening.com. Give us a review on iTunes, you jerks. Quit yeah. holding out on those reviews. Yeah. And uh, follow our Spotify playlists, where we update those frequently with hot picks. Oh, yeah, yes. I got to update mine. Um, cool. I think that's it. All Bye. right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>